Welcome to the Innocence Project London podcast. My name is Louise Hewitt and I'm the director of the organisation. The Innocence Project London is a pro bono law clinic and charity which deconstructs claims of innocence from convicted individuals who exhausted the criminal appeals process. We aim to make applications to the Criminal Cases Review Commission. Well, Bethany, thank you ever so much for joining me today on this episode of the Innocence Project London podcast. Um, Now, you and I have worked together for quite a few years. Do you want to just introduce yourself and just say a little bit about um, how long you've been working on the Innocence Project London? Yes. So uh, my name is Bethany Howell. I am currently a uh, master's student studying international commercial law at the University of Greenwich. And I've been a case worker with the Innocence Project since 2018. Excellent. And if you cast your mind back all those years, what made you want to volunteer on the Innocence Project London? Um, Well, actually, I cast it further back. Um, So in 2016, I went to the University of Greenwich campus, um, the old Maritime Naval uh, campus. And it was an open day for the law course. I just heard about the Innocence Project on that day. And I think you must have been doing like talking to someone or maybe doing like a um, speech um, to attendees. And I was like, I've got it. It's the university I need to be at. I just want to be involved in this project. How amazing is this? Um, so yeah, I think it's the opportunity, really, to um, put what we learned um, into practice. I just want to take this opportunity to thank our production partner and sponsor, Jano Media, for their support in delivering this podcast. They've helped us to facilitate great conversations that connect us with our audience and their skills and expertise mean we can concentrate exclusively on generating great content to engage, inform and inspire. And you mentioned that it was at that open day that it really kind of, I suppose, inspired you and grabbed your attention um, enough to come to the University of Greenwich to then take the opportunity of working on the Innocence Project London. Um, I mean, what was it that inspired you about Innocence work then at that stage? Because obviously, I I, I can't even cast my mind back then, but I suppose I was probably doing one of the taster sessions or speaking to someone about the project and... And back in 2016, it has developed from then to now, it's developed so much in terms of kind of what it is, what we do and how we do it. Um, And a lot of that learning myself has kind of gone full circle and been ploughed back into kind of how we run the cases and how we manage them. But what captured your interest about Innocence work at that point, if you can remember? Yeah, so I've always been someone who has um, fought for justice um and i've been one of those i guess geeky people that love watching um the documentaries and the docuseries that we see on um television about different um criminal cases and it was just a sense of seeing if people were truly innocent and what could be done to help innocent people my backstory I guess as to why I wanted to join um the Innocence Project London I was really bullied at school and um 
the main thing for me was about getting justice and um, really making a difference in the world, even if it was just to one um, individual, um, to eradicate this issue of bullying in this case. Um, and I just found that it had a common sort of goal um, with that in mind. And the, as you said, the project has gone on leaps and bounds. It's like in the seven years we are now on, it's just grown and grown and grown. And it's it's credit to you. And it's a credit to all the volunteers from when you first started it with um, Christian. I was probably at sick form or school at that point. <laughs> but it's just, it's an amazing um, extracurricular thing to be involved with. And I don't think you quite realise when you're actually um, taking the time to work on the project what you will eventually get out of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does. And I'm going to come back and pick up on a couple of those points, I suppose, when we come back in the conversation. But I think the thing for me, did you know at that point that innocent, innocent people could be put in prison? Did you think that that was something before you came to that open day? And you probably might have done, actually, because I know you're a very, you know, uh, socially media aware individual anyway. Um, and from what you've said about kind of the things you, you liked watching. But, but your knowledge, thinking back to your knowledge then from maybe mass media to your knowledge now, did it match up? Did you really understand, I guess, maybe the scale of the issues that, that can put individuals in prison um where they're innocent yeah so i think i was an individual that was very interested in current affairs even from a young age i was like, reading a newspaper at some ridiculous age like seven um i was just one of those people that just had to like had a first knowledge and just knowing what was happening in the world and i think i probably did know that there was innocent people going to prison um, and being convicted um, wrongly, but I just didn't realise quite how bad the situation was and to what extent uh, miscarriages of justice do occur and um, like the situation that we have at the moment. I think working on the Innocence Project London has allowed me to, well, it's opened my eyes completely. Has it given you a different perspective in terms of the criminal justice system and how you how you might have thought it worked versus how you now fully understand how it works? 100%. I would say that previously I was quite naive and I thought that the criminal justice system punished the people that were committing crimes and protected victims um, and protected the general public. Um, but now I think it's completely different. I think in my personal opinion, and this is only my personal opinion, the criminal justice system is a bit of a wreck to say the least. It doesn't really help individuals that are being victims of miscarriages of justice. Um, we see, we've seen so many individuals who have been convicted for crimes that they haven't committed 
um, in the case I worked on, the first case I've worked on, it was a joint enterprise case, meaning that um, there was one perpetrator, um, in this case it was a murder um, using a gun, and so someone got shot. And um, one perpetrator um, pulled the trigger, killed someone, but six, seven people ended up going to prison. And for me, to go to prison on the same charge is wrong. And it takes an individual's life away. Uh, they could be someone who is able to recreate um, their life and be able to come out of that um bad situation but instead we trap them and it's unfortunate and hopefully the law does change and hopefully the criminal justice system is given a bit of a looking at in terms of moving forward with the issues that we've seen i think joint enterprise and i've, I've recalled that case and that you first worked on and it was quite challenging, wasn't it? And I think joint enterprise cases are, and as Bethany describes, you have an individual who's identified as a principal offender, and then you can have a lot of secondary parties. And unfortunately, secondary parties um, did used to, before the before the change in the common law in 2015-2016, uh, in the case of Jogi, secondary parties were actually, you know, held to a, a, a higher threshold than the principal were, and that, which meant that a group of individuals could be convicted on very, on a, apparently very little evidence. Um, and I think what's challenging in those cases is just understanding the complexity of joint enterprise. And um, what did you find, if you can think back, not just to that case, but some of the subsequent cases in the in the four, nearly five years you've been working on Innocence Project London? Can you identify maybe any one thing that's been the most challenging or are there a few things that have been quite challenging for you in that period? Um, yeah, there have been a few things that have been challenging. I think the main one is that um, the case I worked on, we weren't able to actually put it before the CCLC. Yeah, we couldn't make the application, could we? Simply because there wasn't the evidence allowed us to move forward to give our client um, an alibi as to where he was at the time of the shooting. Yeah. Um, Again, the lack of evidence that we had. Um, our case was from 2004. Phone companies only hold on to um, call logs for six months. So that's another avenue that sort of, that we weren't able to go down. I mean, we did use cell site evidence, but again, very limited. So I think that was sort of like the main thing. I think one of the most annoying things is that you, you do, you put all this energy into like really pushing for the cases and you can see it and you can see it in the distance. You can see the application go into the CCLC and then all of a sudden it's as if it just like shreds away and you just, you do. I think as a caseworker, you do feel a bit like... Well, you, you feel let down um, and you wish that you could have done more for that client. But in reality, though, you're so constrained by the system, aren't you? And that's one of the things I think probably in the training that I do 
place emphasis on when I we do the induction, the six to seven week induction for new volunteers, is that if you think you're going to get anyone out of prison in the year, the academic year, then you're, you know, very mistaken. But I don't think that stops people hoping. Um, and I don't think that it stops the hope that, you know, there might be the magic bit of information out there. There might be the evidence. But I think the thing is that window of opportunity gets narrower and narrower, doesn't it, for what constitutes fresh evidence, what can make a new legal argument. Um, and if you've exhausted it at trial or an appeal, there has to be a really valid reason or a new reason as to why it's arising again in your application for the CCRC. And as you quite rightly referred to, in that case, the very first case you worked on, um, we just didn't have the alibi evidence. And that's something that, you know, we've left the case open um, and if the client is able to kind of come up with some evidence that provides, um, you know, access or identifies his alibi, then obviously that's something that we would look at. But it is, you, you can sense students' frustrations about that. Um, and, but I think it's also an important part of learning, isn't it? It's an important part of learning about innocence work. It's an important part of learning about what we do, but also how difficult and tricky the criminal justice process is um, and what, you know, what, what you're, the small part that you're playing in providing that access to justice. Yes, I think it uh, is particularly useful for individuals that want to go into practice. So for me, I want to be a barrister. Um, hopefully, I'll be prosecuting and defending. So on both sides, um, making a difference in the future, hopefully as well. But it is it shows you the realistic um, things that happen. If that makes sense, it's yeah. Okay, so sometimes there's enough evidence to prosecute someone. Um, Sometimes there's not enough evidence. Um, in this case, obviously, we wanted to overturn a conviction and we simply just didn't have enough evidence to do it at that time. But that's not to say that in six months, a year, that it won't be available. And that's where there is some level of hope there as well. Absolutely. Now... A moment ago, you spoke about one of your drivers for joining the Innocence Project London was about that notion of accessing justice because of what happened to you in terms of when you were bullied. Um, and and I maybe I suppose an offshoot of that potentially helping other people and giving other people hope. Is that something that you feel quite empowered by, by helping provide that access to justice? And and what else has been quite empowering from your work, your undertaking of innocence work? 100%, I think everyone um, should be able to access justice and have that opportunity to have fair trial, um, to have legal representation, all those different things that we sometimes we do take for granted. Um, and it's really important that we see where there are gaps and where we can improve the system. Um, in terms of the Innocence Project, well, I think it has been the opportunity to, as I said before, put our learning, our academic learning into practice. Um, 
be able to work with other students and even just like meeting the client, all these little things add up to what makes you a caseworker. Um, they're all empowering. I mean, walking into a prison for the first time ever, apparently I looked petrified. As the, as I don't know if you remember, but uh, the guard said, don't be scared, it's not that scary. But this is a category A prison. So yeah, it's all these opportunities you do have that not many other like, law students across the country will get. Yeah, that's why I felt empowered to help and I want to continue helping and that's why I sit on the board. Yeah, on the charity board. You're the student member on the uh, charity board, which is brilliant. So, I mean, you've outlined and touched on this a little bit, but what's been the impact personally for you of undertaking this work? I know it's been a key driver in terms of really kind of cementing your career choice. I know advocating is something you're passionate about, advocating for others that can't advocate for themselves, um, which is why I know you're a very driven individual to be able to want to have a career in law and become a barrister. But what's the personal impact that Innocence Work has had on you? Uh, I think it's probably just being able to have said that I have made a difference in one person's life. Because if you weren't, I mean, let's face it, if you and the other students hadn't worked on that case, then the chances of anyone picking it up and working on it in terms of, you know, lawyers or law firms would have been quite slim. And that's not through, and you know, for anyone listening, that's not through a, a lack of want from law firms or lawyers to pick up this kind of work, but it's time constraints and it's also monetary constraints. Um, there's very little, if hardly any, legal aid funding for applications um, for the Criminal Cases Review Commission. And those that do them, do it on top of their fee earning work. Um, you know, and that means that they're, you know, they're already overloaded caseloads, as we know that individuals working in the law profession are overloaded with work, especially from the criminal side. Um, and so, you know, that, that gets added on to that. And there's, there's very little remuneration for that, there are people willing, you know, willing and wanting to do this type of work out there. There are lawyers that want to do that um, and assist, um, and they are very helpful to us on the Innocence Project London. But the the detail, the delving into the documents, the time that students give on Innocence work, um, I don't think there's anyone else with any other capacity to do that. Would you agree, Bethany? I think so. I think in our first year, so the first year of working on our case we probably spend at least three hours a week for 24 24 weeks and you were combing through a lot of documents right you and putting doing a lot of research and putting a lot of things together i mean the summing up was something like 120 pages yes as a second year law student going for a summing up document it took a long time to understand even just the language that was used and in our case, it was understanding um, the different names. There was like 14 different names um, in terms of um, gang members, stuff like that. So it does take time. And I think we are lucky that we have that opportunity to uh, work on uh, different cases like this. But it is more than a great shame that there isn't the funding there to help 
individuals access justice in the way they need to. Bethany, I could talk to for you know talk with you for ages about your work, um, and I've worked with you very closely for a number of years. But just to finish off, I mean, how important do you think innocence work is, or the work that we do in the criminal justice system? Innocence work will always be important, and is something that anyone who has the opportunity to undertake such an incredible role, um, they shouldn't give it up. Definitely take every opportunity possible and remember that you might just help one person, but that one person's life could be changed forever. Oh, well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for taking part in this podcast today, Bethany. Um, And long may your work with the Innocence Project London continue. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Innocence Project London podcast. If you would like to hear more conversations like this, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time. At Jano Media, we recognize that great content has the power to create impactful and positive change for lives and society. Whether that's video, live streams, photography, or podcasts, Partnering with us will enable you to harness the power of content to engage, inform, and inspire. Reach out to us today.